Good morning, everybody. What is going on? We've got some uh, people that are going to be speaking today, and we're, I'm going to be interviewing them as we kick off this series, like Ben mentioned, called Pressure Points. And so today, uh, if this is your first time at Church in the Valley, it's going to maybe feel a little bit different. And so this is an encouragement and an invitation to also come back next week, because what do we do normally, right? This, uh, today, we're going to be actually interviewing a panel of five people uh, talking about pressure points in life. And over the next seven weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be digging into the, the scriptures, specifically uh, the book of James, to find out how do we deal with the pressures in life and like, why do they come and how can they actually be something that we can grow from and we can learn from and experience in a way that actually can be a blessing to us and to those around us. So I'm really glad that, that you guys are here. Uh, my name is Alex Baird. I'm the campus pastor here at Church in the Valley. And today we just kind of want to uh, brief intro the series, give you the big picture of what it's all about, and then spend the bulk of the time interviewing people uh, that are just going to talk about the, the pressure points that, that they've faced, uh, that they are facing, and how God has taught them uh, through that. And so we hope that this is an encouragement to you. Uh, by us talking about pressure points, uh, this is really our attempt to talk about what are the things that we're facing right now where we really do feel the pressure. Uh, sometimes in life it's easy to fake it. It's easy to avoid things that may be hard and overwhelming and weighing upon us. But through this series, we actually want to kind of go right through and in all the different pressures that we have on your plate. So if you're feeling stressed out, and you're feeling overwhelmed and busy and tired and just kind of trying to get through the grind of life, welcome. You are welcome here. And we're going to be talking about that. And Lord willing, as we approach the scriptures, uh, each of us will find an insight. We'll find a truth. We'll find something that can actually help us uh, with what uh, we're facing. And so I just want to kind of give a, a brief overview of what we're going to be spending the next few weeks talking about. And this idea of, of pressure uh, and pressure points or anything in our life that, that can kind of cause us to feel overwhelmed at times, can cause us to just feel like we're under it. If you've ever said that, like, I feel under it, I feel overwhelmed, I feel just like things are spinning around me and I'm just trying to hold on, uh, that's probably a, a pressure point that, that you're facing. And so we're going to be talking about those different pressure points and, and how to turn to God in, in the midst of it. What you find uh, in the book of James is a bunch of lessons and a bunch of just pictures of the different pressure points we face and what does it mean to, to please God in them. So I want to just kind of talk about uh, what we're going to uh, speak about today and then where we're going to head the next six weeks after this. And so here's just a overview of uh, the series. You'll see it up here on uh, the screen, but today we're going to be talking about when you're under pressure, what are the things that you can learn when you're under pressure? And what are the things that you can actually gain in the middle of the things that, that you face? So today is when you're under pressure. Uh, next week, week two, if you could put that up there, we're going to be talking about when you're enticed. And enticed in scriptures is like when you're tempted. And what happens when you're in the pressure of wanting to do things that you know you shouldn't do? Like when you just have that pull to kind of choose an attitude or choose an action that you know that's really not right. But what do you do when you feel the pressure between right and wrong? So we're going to talk about that, that next week. Uh, week three, 
We're going to talk about when you're challenged to act. Have you ever felt so much pressure that you feel like you can't move forward? You're just stuck. And you don't know the next step you're supposed to take. And so we're going to talk about what do you do when you feel just that pressure where you, it feels like you can't even take the next step forward. Okay. Uh, the week after that, we're going to talk about when your faith is lacking. Have you ever been in, under so much pressure that it just seems so big and so great that you just think, I, I don't even know how to move forward? It's a little bit different than your challenge to act. It's more just like, I don't know if God's going to get me through this. And your faith is actually like you're trying to figure out, is God there? Is he working for me? Is this going to all work out? And you may be having just doubts about that. And we, we, we face pressure in that. Uh, here's another one. This is going to be week five. When you open your mouth. What is that? Have you ever felt pressure? Not just from yawning. Okay. But when you say words that get you into trouble. And you think to yourself, why did I say that? Has anyone in this room ever said, why did I say that? Just, okay, right? Just raise those hands. People that didn't, didn't hear what I said, right? We've all said things that inside we're like, oh, why did I say that? And sometimes outside we're just like, I'm so sorry. I don't know that my mouth opened and things just came out. And so what do you do? Like the pressure of just words and the power that they have to either help or to hurt. And so dealing with the pressure of that. Following that, we're going to talk about the pressure when we're in conflict Raise your hand if you've ever experienced just fight with somebody, a quarrel, a misunderstanding, a disagreement, not an argument, but raised voices, right? If you've ever experienced conflict, there's a lot of pressure that comes from that. Just this idea of like, we're not seeing eye to eye. It just feels like we keep running into the same situation and frustration begins to build. Sometimes resentment begins to build, sometimes anger. Before you know it, you distance yourself from the people that you're in conflict with. So what do you do with that pressure? And then we're going to close out the series talking about when you want justice. And this is, what is it when you really think something right needs to happen and it's not happening? And it may be something that you think God needs to take care of and he's not, or somebody in your life needs to take care of and they're not, and you feel like there's an injustice. There's a wrong that's been done, and it's not been made right. What do you do in your relationship to God in that? And what do you do with the people that you kind of expect them to do something and they're not? And we could face pressure like that as well. And so I hope that some of these you're facing right now or you have faced, and and this will be like just practical advice and, and help to you. And this idea of pressure, life actually is made up of just pressure point after pressure point after pressure point. And again, we tend to think that we want the easiest life. And if I have to choose a path, usually I'm choosing the path of least resistance. Anyone else? If it comes to like what my morning's going to look like, I'm like, I'd like everything to go exactly like I want, for traffic to be light, for me to get to where I want to go on time, without stress. I want everyone to get along, for there to be peace. I'm usually not thinking like, how can I experience just pressure after pressure? We, we all want that. We all want like the least amount of pressure possible. But what you find in life is that no matter the path you choose, there's always pressure. However, how you respond to the pressure determines other amounts of pressure that you face. And so it's compounding. So our goal here at Church and Valley is to help people face the pressure, which we all will face, but to do it in a way that will allow us to learn how God wants us to learn. So we actually can prevent maybe other pressures from coming from not doing it God's way. And so that's going to be the goal of uh, this series. So why the book of James? Well, the book of James is, is 
at some points difficult to understand. It's in the New Testament of the Bible, but it also reads like a manual in life. And I don't know if you guys have ever experienced something that's uh, broken or you need help with. And you oftentimes you, you, you turn to the manual. Now, I'm not like one of those people that can ignore the manual. Like I can't see things. I need like step by step. My son has like a Millennium Falcon Lego set. And it's awesome. But I start to look at the manual and it's pretty good. I mean, it's like take this one Lego piece. And put it on this. And it's pretty like, I mean, it's, it's like a novel, right? But even that can be overwhelming because I want to like turn the page and the piece I'm supposed to find, I want it to light up. Maybe shake it. And I'm like, oh, that's the piece. And then for it to like do a little red beacon to the piece I need to put it on. That's like me and instruction. It's like, I like to read it, but I need extensive directions. Well, the book of James is is this overarching manual of this is how life works. And it's written by James, who's the half-brother of Jesus, who had this eyewitness account. He saw Jesus come to the earth, live his life, die, rise again. And he was a part of this new movement of Christianity, of all these people trying to follow Christ. And in this book, he's kind of reflecting on his own personal journey of what it means to be a Christian in the world and what do you face and what do you go through and he's doing it really from this perspective of the pressures so it's so helpful for us today because the pressures they faced back then in jesus's time are similar pressures there's different things that of course apply to the culture and the time but similar stresses that we have similar pressures we have the same amount of time we have the same relationships we're all trying to have and so he's writing this perspective and so we're going to kind of just go through this week by week breaking down this book and our goal is not only for you to learn about the pressure points but for you to see like man the bible is relevant specifically sometimes we think generally about the bible like it's a help but when you read it and you're going through something you you don't just see it generally you see it specific like it's a help to my life and what i'm facing so we hope that that you gain uh that as as we walk through this so Basically, this is the big idea of the whole series, and it's on your your listening handout if you want to follow along. But pressure points show up in life for our good. Okay, that's the premise of the whole series. They show up in life for our good. They do show up for all of us, but they can actually show up for our good. So I just want to read the first part of James as he intros this whole idea. And if you've read the book of James before, this may be something that you've, you've heard, you've memorized. Uh, But it's just helpful perspective. And this is what it says in James chapter 1, the beginning of the book. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion. The dispersion, he's talking to the Jewish people. They no longer were just gathered in Israel. They were scattered. Because of the spread of Christianity and persecution, the Christians were just sent out to all different places because there was a lot of persecution. And so some are uprooted, some are disconnected from their friends, from their family. And he's just saying to all of us that are trying to learn what it means to follow Christ, to all of us who decided to follow him, greetings. Hello. Okay? Just in case you don't know greetings, it's hello. All right? Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Now, you have the scripture on your your handout as well. But there's a certain attitude, he says, that we're supposed to have 
to the pressure points that he refers to as trials and testing. And what is that attitude? You're supposed to count it all joy. And you read that and you're like, what on earth could he be meaning? Certainly in that time, joy did not mean joy like it means today. Because I don't know about you, if my tire has a nail in it and it's flat and I have to figure out how to pay for a new tire and figure out how to get to the tire shop and figure out how to get to work, I'm not thinking, thank you, God. This is a good day. No, I'm thinking all the things that I just mentioned. But what James is saying is we need to actually have a certain attitude towards the things that we don't want to face, towards the thing that we didn't see coming, because there's stuff that we can learn in the middle of the unexpected, in the middle of the problem. So he's saying, count it all joy when you face these trials and these testings. And then in verse 12, fast forward a couple verses, he says why? Because blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. One of the biggest misconceptions of following Christ is that it's twofold. It's either I'm going to become a Christian and I'm never going to get to experience the life that I want. So I'm never going to quite be satisfied. Another misconception is the, the opposite. I'm going to become a Christian and then I'm not going to have any problems. And what James is saying is that when you become a Christian, you're going to face similar problems. Sometimes you may face even more problems, but they will not be for nothing. God wants to build something in you that when you don't follow Christ, he cannot build in you because it grows your faith. And you can find that because of the words used. So trials in this, when he talks about trials, the, the actual translation of that is the act of examining something closely, a putting to proof. The idea is when we face trials, today's terms, we would say you find out what you're really made of. When you face trials, you find out what you're really made of. Okay, you're squeezed, you're squeezed, you're squeezed, and who you are on the inside actually comes out. The heat gets turned up in life, and you find out what you believe. You find out who you are. You find out what you're made of. And so it's proving your faith, whether great faith or small faith. So he's just saying these trials count all joy because you actually know where you stand. So for some of us, that could be alarming and isn't that the case when we face the pressure, you kind of fit, find out what you place your hope in, kind of find out how secure you are. Okay, so that's, that's the first word, trials. This is the things that we face, things that show us what we're made of. The testing is a proved genuineness. That is, faith becomes real. And what James is saying is, for the Christian, when you follow Christ, for your faith to become real, the way that's going to happen is through pressure. I'm thinking again, like, really? Like, doesn't, doesn't that sound like if you want to actually spread a movement, the idea of pressure and trouble being the thing that's going to be the most help, doesn't that seem counterintuitive? Because we think, like, how is it going to help me? What am I going to gain whenever we endeavor in anything? What James is saying is, here's the great thing. You're going to face problems like everyone faces problems. But if you have faith in the Lord Jesus, he is going to build endurance in you that will allow you to withstand the pressures of life. 
So when you turn to faith in Christ, you can be stressed and pressured, but you will not crumble. You will be able to bear the weight, not because of you, but because of Christ in you that gives you new strength. And so that's why you can choose a different attitude. It shows me what I'm made of, and at the same time, it builds my faith. And so as we realize our faith is lacking, as we realize that we're kind of secure in ourselves, we're dependent on ourselves, we care what other people think, as all these things happen, there's this process of God relating to us. He says, you know, your, your faith in this area is small, but if you turn to me and trust me, I will grow your faith. And he just does that every step of the way. That's the journey of following Christ. And then the last word, this steadfastness, is endurance. That not crumbling, that comes through pressure. You can't learn endurance without facing pressure, right? Just like you can't learn to run a marathon unless you learn to run a mile. Once you learn to run a mile, you have to learn how to run 10. Once you learn how to run 10, you have to learn how to run 20. And then you can run a marathon. But you need the endurance to be able to do that. And what James is saying is you need endurance in life. And the best way for you to build endurance is pressure. It's through all the inconveniences that we face. And the great news is that's where God meets us. So there's a picture of a pressure cooker on here. I want to show that to you. What do we see from the pressure cooker? Well, at the bottom, what is that? The orange thing. That was very vague. What is that? You guys are like, uh. It's fire. Heat, right? Then what's at the top? What's coming out? Steam. What's in there? What is it? How do you know? You don't. You don't know what's in there. I don't know what's in there. I pulled it off of Google. I have no idea what's in there. But it's a pressure cooker. I know that there's heat and I know that there's steam. So there's some sort of reaction. And what I do know is there's something going on inside of there. And that's what James is saying. Count it all joy that there's heat that's causing pressure, that something on the inside of you is happening, that God is growing you. And the steam is the evidence of grown faith. And that's what we're going to be talking about throughout this series. When the heat gets turned up, What does God want to do inside of us so that we can actually have something happen in our life? Okay? So right now, I want to just give um, one last thought, and then I'm going to invite our, our panel up. Okay? And this is it. Life, our life, is God's training program for us. Okay? God wants to train us, which means he wants us to grow means he wants us to learn more about him. That doesn't happen in a class. It doesn't happen from somebody else's life. God wants to grow you as you live your life. So the things that you're facing, the pressure that you're experiencing, that's where God wants to grow you. Because your life is God's training program. So back to the beginning. Are you facing pressure? I hope so. Because if you're facing pressure... That's where God wants to grow you. So I'm going to invite the panel up. Uh, We've got five people that are going to share. And I'm just going to ask them three questions, okay? As they come up, they're going to be grabbing microphones and getting situated. As they're doing that, it's going to be really hard for you not to listen to me because you're going to be watching them. But if you could just listen for a second, I'm going to give you kind of the context. What I wanted to do is for you to hear from people who are facing pressure. To show you, like, this is the process 
sometimes messy, of what God does in us. Sorry, I'm like totally in your way. Um, and so this is just, can you guys see them? Do I need to, is this, are these obstructing? Okay. All right. So I'm going to sit in a moment. In a moment being now. Um, and so I'm going to. Stool, there's like no thing to put my foot. Um, I kind of go with the flow. Everybody, if you didn't know that. And that's what we're doing right now. So uh, they're going to be just sharing some things that kind of God has been doing in, in their life. And the reason I brought up these five is these five have, have gone through the last through, uh, few years uh, training programs that we've had at church. And one of the things, since life is God's training program for us at Church in the Valley, we, we want to help train people. And the biggest way that that happens isn't just through content and it's not through meetings. It actually is through life. And they've been in training programs here at Church in the Valley, and they've been uh, in coaching as people have kind of helped them go through the different pressures that they're, they're facing. And so I just wanted them to share kind of how God has been training them, not through the program, but actually through the pressures that they've faced. And so um, these three right here, they're going to introduce themselves. And then these two, I don't say their names because that like, takes the thunder from their introduction. <laughs> so why don't you go? Sure. Um, my name is Sarah. I um, have been coming to CIV for about 14 years now, um, since I came to college. And I um, work currently um, at a nonprofit doing event logistics for like 5Ks and that kind of stuff. Okay, great. Hi, my name is, well, my name is Hobie, and I've been coming to CIV for about seven years. And I'm, a, I'm currently I'm a software engineer. Does that mic, do we need it? Is that one on? All right. We'll work on that. Go yep. ahead. Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, I'm a software engineer uh, at Google, and I have been coming to CIV for about seven years as well. Okay. These three, Sarah, Hovey, and Josh, are, uh, were a part of our North Star training program. And it was a two-year training program that helped people learn about key perspectives on how to walk with God. And then also, how do you help lead people to, to do the same? And so they finished that last year, and now they're in a North Star deployment year, which is based on what you've learned in the two years, how does that impact your ministry uh, and the way you live your life now? Okay, so they've been in that. Go ahead. Hi, my name is Jen. I am a full-time mom and a part-time accountant, and I've been at CIV for 14 years. Okay. Hi, I'm Jonathan. I have been at CIV for 15 years, and I work in an architecture firm in downtown LA, and we work primarily on designing healthcare and education facilities. Okay. And John and Jen are part of our Antioch training program. That's a five-year uh, training for people who are interested, interested in, like, vocational long-term ministry. And John and Jen are in their fourth year in the program. And in that, they, it's kind of a broader training looking at perspectives, worldview, theology, and then at the same time, how does that practically impact a ministry as well? So I have three questions that I'm going to ask, and they're just going to kind of launch into different things that they've been facing. But the first question, you'll see it up here, is what are some of the current pressure points that God is using to grow you? Okay. I think for me, um, some of the current pressure points have both involved sort of my work uh, as a software engineer, and also sort of some of the new roles that I've taken on in leadership at CIV as well. Um, so about a month ago, I was asked, or I guess I was told by my boss, that he was leaving and transferring to a different team, 
and they were like, hey, would you like to uh, take on that new role? Um, and so that sort of involved me stepping up and leading the project that I'm on over about eight people, uh, and we actually had just a month till we were going to launch our newest product. And so it was sort of a lot of pressure in uh, the transition, trying to figure out how do I lead well. Uh, we had several different people leave the team at about that same time and new people coming on the team as well. Um, and so sort of trying to deal with, okay, how do I lead well? How do I cast vision for people? Um, and how do I uh, make sure that things get done sort of in the midst of that? Um, and then sort of at the same time as that, I stepped up here at CIV to lead the table team, which uh, after church we have to set up the cafeteria back for the students here. Uh, and so I'm sort of responsible for um, that as well and making sure that we get all that accomplished. And so uh, those sort of like work together uh, were just different ways that I'd stepped up into leadership at about the same time. So, so you had opportunities. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anytime you hear opportunity, think more pressure. Challenges and more work. Yeah. So. All right. All right. What about some of the rest of you guys? Um, for me, it's it's been work as well. Um, it's but I feel like that's probably always a pressure point, but it's increased this past year as my organization went through a restructure and layoffs in that. Um, so it led to a lot of anxiety of, do I have a job? Um, you know, what, what does God really want for me in all this? And so um, what it led to um, was by God's grace is that I did keep my job and actually gain more responsibility in that. Um, so it's actually more work with less people um, and has been very difficult to kind of add that on as well as for a year of this anxiety, it's also created a lot of bad attitudes at work and bitterness, anger, um, when other people are promoted or demoted. Um, just having to lead a team in which I was their peer um, has been hard and just definitely something um, God's really been using in my life. Yeah. Okay, so the unknown mm-hmm. and then more responsibility, less people, less resources. Yeah. Okay. Um, we had our baby boy, Joshua, 18 months ago. And yeah, th- th- they're married. Hi. Yes, my husband. John and Jim <laughs> We have a baby boy, Joshua, 18 months ago. And um, growing up, I always had a lot of dreams and ambitions and I- ideas of where my life was headed, and they were all pretty much career-focused. Um, and so when I left my job, my full-time job that I was at for eight and a half years to ultimately become a full-time mom, Um, That was really a struggle for me because I had to um, really give up these dreams and ambitions that I had always had and really decide was I going to walk in obedience and joy with this this path that God had led me on or was I really going to be reluctant and complaining with where um, God had really directed our lives and our families. So, um, and then also just the pressure of having to balance work and Joshua and training and ministry and figure out how to blend those together and really train Joshua up in the midst of everything else that goes on in life. Okay, good. For me, uh, thank you for fixing the mic. For me, um, I've also been struggling with uh, a lot of pressure at work. Uh, Our company laid off about a third of the office a couple months ago, so uh, the the past few months have just been patching um, and trying to fix, uh, trying to keep the boat afloat so to speak, and um, just throughout that, just trying to be faithful with my job and um, just helping the company um, as much as I can and just trying to um, 
keep a positive attitude as well since layoffs aren't fun and it's easy for everyone to really adopt a bad attitude as well as uh, spread slander and the, the pressure behind that is obviously just trying to um, trying not to participate in that and just keeping a good attitude overall. Uh, I've also been um, um, a big pressure point for me is uh, my family as well. Uh, growing up in a non-Christian home, it's it's a struggle for me uh, since I became a Christian about five years ago. And as a Christian, we are called to live counterculturally. And Jesus said that if you love the world, you don't love me. So for me, it's while I'm while I'm trying to handle my responsibilities and uh, my roles at church and just trying to balance balance all my responsibilities and manage expect, manage others' expectations of me in a godly manner. Um, and as as we as Christians uh, live counterculturally, we uh, it's a big temptation for us to. Just go with the flow, like Alex was saying, to to take the easy way out. Just as well, whatever the world expects of us, just go with the flow. But as Christians, um, just really trying to uh, do what pleases God and what benefits God's kingdom. Okay, John. Uh, for me, it's not really any one thing that's been the pressure lately. It's been more sort of the multitude of things. Um, as Jen mentioned, we have an 18-month-old son. Um, I also have a job, which keeps me pretty busy. Um, here at CIV, I am the Sunday Service Teams Director, which means I lead five of the teams that help make Sundays happen. Um, and then in addition to that, as Alex mentioned, uh, we're a part of the Antioch Training Program. And as one of the classes um, going on with that, I'm also part of the Family Life Development Center training program, which is basically uh, training for lay counseling. So all of that put together uh, with the, the kind of just the general responsibilities of life, taking care of a home, um, just kind of keeps me pretty busy and keeps my schedule pretty tightly packed. Okay. Any of these stuff you guys are facing? I know I, I heard some. It's kind of normal. You got just a multitude of things going on at the same time, okay? Uh, what I'd like you guys to share next, the second question, which is up there, is um, how have you found yourself wrestling with obedience through these pressure points? And if you could just kind of maybe just pinpoint one thing because of time. So as the, all this is going on, what's kind of been that, the, the, the tension point of, in the midst of this, how do I actually do what God wants me to do? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think for me, it's really been sort of wanting to just give up in the midst of all my responsibilities. So like when you, a lot of times when I face pressure and I don't know what I'm doing with things, I just like get paralyzed, I guess, with fear sort of from that. And so I think the biggest thing in terms of wrestling with obedience is just continuing to move forward in the midst of everything that's going on. Okay. So. Good. I think for me, it's a struggle in faith. Um, as I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get everything done, the kind of the question that comes up in my mind is like, what about me? You know, I get tired. I want time to relax. I want time for fun. Um, you know, I just want to be able to hang out. And yeah, I have all these things that need to get done. So it's really the, the faith issue is, is God going to rip me off? Like if I try to do everything that he's given to me, you know, am I really going to have an enjoyable life or not? Um, 
And in John 10, 10, he says, you know, that he wants to give us an abundant, a full life. But am I going to trust that, you know, he really is who he says he is and that he's going to actually do that if I try to faithfully handle these things that he's given to me? Good. Yeah, I agree with John. Um, my, natural respo- my natural tendency is to uh, take a selfish mentality and uh, just think, how can I, how can I uh, fix this myself? And what can I do to get out of this situation? Um, very rarely uh, is it to turn to prayer and turn to God and ask him, how, how, do I, how, do, how should I handle this situation? How should I handle this relationship or uh, this, um, uh, whatever it is? And uh, that's something that uh, I'm trying to grow into too, uh, relying on God first, not myself. I think for me it's really been similar to John, just the fear of being ripped off, the fear of, you know, I'm going to lose what's made me me or, you know, the dreams or ambitions that I've had for my life versus really trusting that, you know, God's plan is perfect for all of us and, and God knows what's best. And if we follow him, then we really will be fulfilled and have satisfaction. Okay. Um, mine's kind of similar, too, to what people have said, but just that now that my decisions impact more people, um, I can't just be looking out for myself. And so um, seeing, you know, a decision I may make, it's easier for me, but it's not the best thing. So looking for God's guidance and wisdom on what that could be um, and what I'm doing. Okay. So it it sounds like a lot of it is, can I really trust God in the middle of this pressure that I'm not just going to get crushed? Right? And and that really is, that's, that's the tension point, is that if we all face it, the question is, Am I going to get crushed? Am I actually going to get crushed by the things that I face? And that, that really is, that's the faith kind of edge and the faith issue that we all, we all battle with. So knowing that that's real and that's something that you guys have to, in the middle of things, keep you know, facing and trusting God with and keep turning to him, like, like Hobie mentioned. The, the third question is kind of how, how has God used this to grow your faith and to develop character in you? If, if James is saying, you know, count it joy, because as the heat gets turned up, he's doing something. What, what's some of the stuff that he's been doing uh, inside of you guys? Uh, for me, um, it's actually helped change sort of the way that I think about life. Um, I think in our culture, it's all about happiness. We're constantly going after happiness. And one of the things that I've been learning a lot lately, and it's... it's um, I guess been changing in me is that actually God calls us towards faithfulness, not happiness. Um, and as as I said, John ten ten actually says that God wants us to have an abundant life. But that often kind of can look different than what we think of in our culture. And so God's really been showing me that actually um, I can have a lot of joy as I trust him and try to take things into my own hands. Don't try to get joy on my own. But really, as I faithfully do the things that he has me do, I really actually develop a blessed life and get a lot of benefit out of that. Okay. I really had to look at my views on life and question, okay, is this biblical or is this you know, something that's been built in me by looking at family and friends and culture and things like that. And um, and so as I've seen more and more and my perspectives and values have been changed to here's what's biblical, then I come to a crossroads of, okay, now I know am I going to follow that in obedience and do that. And the more you know, the more you have to do and the more you have to follow in obedience or you face that decision at least. And so um, 
I think God's really been putting the pressure of, okay, like, you know, rubber hits the road. What are you going to do? Are you going to find your value and um, really trust me with your future? Or are you going to go your own way? And are you really going to see the, the valuable, you know, training and kingdom impact that you're taking or making and raising a child? I think for me it's been a lot more with the leadership, like learning how to be a servant leader. And a lot of times in culture we think that leadership is, oh, you've reached the pinnacle of everything and you can now direct everybody else to do uh, what you were doing before. But I think really the Bible talks a lot about just being uh, setting an example for others in the way that you lead by sort of serving the people underneath you and around you. Uh, and so I think that that's really one of the things that he's been teaching me. Good. As my responsibilities uh, grow more and more and as God is growing me more and more, uh, I, I find it more uh, imperative to learn how to better manage my time and my money, my resources, effectively. Um, just this past week, I... Uh, heard secondhand from, uh, this, it was this great quote from Jeep Underwood. Jeep Underwood, uh, you guys, a lot of you guys know, he's incredibly hardworking and has way more on his plate than I do. And uh, as God has put more and more on his plate, uh, in, instead, of, instead of constantly saying yes to everything, he, uh, I, I guess the quote was, uh, he, he prioritizes who to say no to first. And I think uh, for me, it's, it's as I'm managing my time and resources, I have to learn to what to say yes to and what to say no to and really uh, prioritize what is important, what is actually important and uh, what, is, what is not and uh, what drives God's kingdom forward and uh, really just put that forward. For me, um, a lot has been just, it's a humbling experience for me of just being put in a spot where I really, I can't say I've got this. It's more like I don't know what is going on and I can't, I don't know what to do next. And so um, really to um, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says about boasting in your weaknesses and that's just honestly what I have to do most of the time and just ask God for his grace in um, what to do next. And um, so that's just been really, it's, it's humbling even when, um, I, I, I think I've got it. I, I realize I don't. And so it's just, it's being pushed to that, that, um, point of just utter dependence on God. Good. Well, thank you guys for sharing. I, um, I don't know about you, but when I hear people share their stories and the things that things that they're facing, there's always the sense of like, I know exactly what they're talking about. I may not live in their exact same shoes but there's a sense in which like i've dealt with that stress i've dealt with that pressure and so um thank you guys for sharing your life a little bit of what god's doing and i appreciate you guys being up here so i'm gonna clap your way off here good job thank you guys i want to as as they're exiting uh clean off the stage here i want to just uh kind of segue into uh concluding our time and I'd like to invite you to take out your connection card, which Ben had you, you fill out. And there's some next steps that is, is relevant just for our time the next few weeks. Okay, so I encourage you to, even if you, you've never taken a next step here at Church and Valley, which means you filled out that card, uh, I encourage you just to look at it this, this round, because uh, I think it will be a help to you. So pull out that connection card. On the back side, there's a, there's a box on the left-hand side that says, my next step today is to... And 
uh, there's three things. Uh, the first is identify the number one pressure point that I'm facing. I think it will be a help to you if you kind of think through what is what you're facing right now, uh, building the most pressure. Because, again, that's where God wants to grow you. So if you identify that, I think that will be a help to you. So write that in that, that blank. Uh, the second is decide to attend the rest of the series. Uh, decide to come back. And if you attend all, uh, all of it, you, you've kind of worked yourself through a book of the Bible, which can be a real help to you. And then the last is uh, to actually read. This is like homework, okay? You can read some passages of Scripture, which we're going to talk about next week. So for those of you that love to do the work before you come, this is for you. For those of you that procrastinate, you can read it as I'm talking next week, okay? But you can read James 1, 1 through 18, and ask God to speak to me personally. It's going to highlight a little what I talked about today, and it's going to kind of give you more of the context, okay? So mark one of those down, finish filling that connection card out, and then we're going to receive our offering in just a moment, and we're going to sing a song uh, back to God, really welcoming, thanking Him for being here, and then uh, we're going to be dismissed. But let me pray as the... Uh, as the band comes up, let's pray. God, thank you for the fact that you do train us and you meet us right where we are and we don't have to fake it in front of you because you actually see and know everything. And that can actually put fear in us, but what you want to do, do is, is for us to, to draw to you. And so thank you for understanding. Thank you for actually wanting to use the things that we face to grow us. And God, I pray that we'll see opportunities all around us, the, the things that are overwhelming us, the things that are stressing us out. God, help us ask the question, what is it that you want us to learn? And God, just over the next few weeks, I pray that we'll see our pressures and our stresses uh, differently. And we need your help to do that because I know for myself, I react. And oftentimes when I react, I can miss uh, what you want me to, to learn. So help us to approach what we face in our life right now as the opportunities for you to grow us. And so we ask that you do that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.